Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fated Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And I'm your other host, Jeremy Deschner. That's right. And as you fine folks know, Got Fated Japan is about two dudes. Booze. Japan and the motherfucking news. That's right. And Faders, we got a lot of news and a lot of booze. And actually, you know what? I am very happy to say I am drinking strong Atsukan. What is Atsukan, Jeremy? That would be Osaki that's been put in the microwave. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Hot sake, in other words. And uh, I love this time of year. It's cold outside. It's cold inside because I don't pay my bills. And uh, yeah, I've got hot sake to keep me warm all night. And I intend to drink a whole bottle of this, especially when we do after dark. When we do after dark, I'm going to re- drink another bottle because I love Atsukan. Ats- I-, I even love the word Atsukan. Atsukan. It sounds like the name of a band from the 70s. It's really good because when you're when you're drinking it, it it actually feels good. It's like um it warms you up on the from the inside out. It's like it's also like the alcohol effect plus the fact that it's warm. It just it's really good stuff. Oh, it's so nice. Feels so good in your hands. And as you can see, I have a big cup of it. A big cup of it. I I, I can't drink those small little cups. I like the small little cups when I go to a sushi restaurant in Tokyo. But the thing is, when I'm drinking, I'm drinking. I'm getting my fade on. I'm home. I'm chilling. I'm fading with you faders. When I'm fading with you faders, I'm doing it 110%. And on that note, Jeremy, speaking of fading 110%, what number is this podcast? This is going to be 616, I believe. That is right. Episode 616. 616 weeks of podcasting with you guys. Thank you and you're welcome. (laughs) And on this special episode, this is a very special episode. We're going to talk about sports. We're going to talk a lot about sports. And, um, you know, the thing about Japan is Japan is famous for its sports. There's a lot of sports in Japan. Like, Jeremy, what are some sports that we have here that are uniquely Japanese? sumo wrestling uh kendo but one thing they have in common with america is what johnny baseball take me out to the ball baseball that's right i love baseball man show me what's your favorite team um i would have to say the new york yankees new york yankees all right in america my favorite my two favorite teams is uh the giants and uh the tigers 
But here in Japan, I like the Swallows. There's a nice little part of my heart for the Swallows. And that's because the first baseball game I went to in Japan was the Swallows. And I had such a blast, dude. Japan, oh, man, the games here are fantastic. Beatrice, when you come to Japan, make sure you go to a ball game. I mean, if you can, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. They got the beer girls. The beer girls are insane. It's like these girls that are like, I don't know. They're they're all about the same height. They're about my height, right? And they have these huge kegs, like these massive kegs on their back. Like it looks like they're from like you're Star back. Wars or something, right? And they're running around and they're filling up cups of beer and, and they're really good at it. Very little head, very little head. It's amazing. And they're just mm-hmm. running zoop, 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 up and down the aisles, going from aisle A, B, C, D, each knee, Sanchi, and they're just filling up beers. The more you drink, the more they put the pour. It's crazy. Jeremy, tell me, it's a blast, isn't it? You got to go to a baseball game. Oh, you know what? A baseball game in Japan is so much fun. The beer girls that you're talking about, the keg is almost as big as they are. It's amazing how fast they can move around with those kegs on. Also, in addition to that, um, they're wearing these little tiny mini skirts. It might be like a little, uh, like a, like almost a cheerleader outfit, you know, like uh, supporting their team or supporting their beer brand. It's amazing. I'm only looking at the beer. I don't look at the legs. (laughs) <laughs> sure 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 <laughs> yeah right oh man but you know the thing is baseball in america and in japan it's it's a very safe game but sometimes bad things can happen and uh that's why we have a very important person on our show today we have the one the only jordan scop on the show who's going to tell us about the safety precautions that he's trying to pursue in american baseball and hopefully in a japan baseball too jordan welcome to the show Thank you, guys. Good morning from New York. New York, yeah. So, hey, Jordan, tell us a little bit about what's going on. What is your petition all about, and what is your uh, cause? Can I talk about the deal with baseball and talk about the knitting yeah. issue? And, uh, yeah, love to love to talk to the Japanese audience. All right, let's dive right into that. Tell us what the what the deal is. I mean, we watched some of the videos that you have on your website, but for the people who are listening in with us, please tell us what is your issue all about. Yeah, I mean, you know, in Japan, you guys are doing something really good. In America, we're not doing anything. We're not respecting our fans about uh, about netting and respect and dignity in Japan. It seems to be a good example of, of how to conduct a business. Uh, people are going to games. They're not getting slammed in the face. Uh, balls are coming into the seats. There's the team attendance. They're blowing whistles. They're telling people on the scoreboard, be careful, be aware. This is the deal. And America, it's like one, one, rude, uh, one rude injury after another has been the history of American baseball. And it's it's bad. And I'm hoping we can soon follow the Japanese model. Awesome. So to put that into a nutshell, oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Johnny, but to put that into a nutshell, what we're talking about here, folks, is we're talking about foul balls. So think about this for a second. A pitcher throws a ball at about 90 miles an hour, and that ball comes humming in to that little square you know, batting zone or, uh, or strike zone. And then the, once the player hits that and it hits the top of the bat, it goes foul and sw- and swings out into the crowd. Now that ball has just tripled in speed and now it's heading for our little kid's head. 
because there's no netting along the side. They put netting along the back of the backstop where the where the where the batter is, but on the sides where the foul ball line goes, there's basically no netting. And so what Jordan here is is petitioning for is he wants netting all the way around so people are safe and don't get hit in the head or in the face or get killed by foul balls, which has happened in the in the past, right, Jordan? Well, in America, unfortunately, the incidences are a lot greater than they are in Japan. And the Japanese have a good model, and it's about communication, respect, and dignity for the fan. In America, it's, um, you know, people think they're going to the game, flirting with fun, with foul balls, but they're really flirting with danger and death. And uh, that's not the way it is in Japan. If we follow the Japan model, the Japanese model of baseball, when it comes to foul balls, the way the nets are, the way the communication is, uh, injuries would be down immensely. So it's, it's just terrible. It's a bad history. And I've recognized it. I've studied it. I've documented all the incidences from the last 50 years to the present time, including some deaths and some maimings and lost eyes and crushed heads. It's pretty bad. And that's what's going on. Most fans in America don't think they're going to a game and they're going to be rushed to an emergency room. The last major league season in 2019, there was no regular season in 2020. There was 15 people maimed in a 26 and one half week season. That tells me that's one every other week. Wow. That's, wow. On, that's on the major league level. Minor leagues and street times as many more games, and the netting conditions are even worse down there. Well, it's the American pastime. I'm sure this happens all the time, for, like in high schools and universities all across the country. Oh, yeah, I haven't been studying the colleges and the high schools and the independent leagues. I'm going after the billionaires, man, because those billionaires, the affiliates of those 30 billionaires that own those 30 major league teams also have 120 minor league affiliates. They pay the salaries of those minor leaguers. They have to develop these minor leaguers. They need to protect those fans in all of those 120 ballparks. And I've done some things this year, like renting out airplanes, the towed banners to make some strong statements. And we need to move public policy and and I need act of Congress and I basically need some millions of dollars in my campaign, but I can do what I can by making statements. I started foul ball safety now. I'm collecting impactful statements from victims who've been seriously injured by foul balls from 40 years ago to time, including two teenage girls who one was seriously injured. Uh, when she was four years old, now she's 14. She's got post-neurological issues. Fortunately, the other young teenager, who was also by the same name, Alexis, um, she's 17 now. Fortunately, she's okay. She was buying food, and she was in a common area, and the ball just really came in like an inch from her temple. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. So I'm hearing these impact statements, and all these folks need to be heard. See, if they could so, do, oh sorry, if they could do this for hockey, why can't they do this for baseball? Yeah, well, in hockey in 2002, a little girl got killed by a hockey puck. You know, but I'm not giving hockey so much credit. 
the new the commissioner took over in 1993 had nine years to deal with all those close calls. Yes, somebody did die nine years later. And yes, they did elevate the nets. But we should be about prevention rather than reaction. And unfortunately, that's that. Right on. Jordan, give us some of the details of what's happening. Like when we're saying things like people getting maimed, what are, what are, what are things that are happening to people out there? Yeah. So what I did was I did my own little research and I called 100 of those minor league ballparks and I found out at least 42 still had no netting past dugouts. And what happens is past the end of the dugouts, people are getting slammed with foul balls. A two-year-old girl in Houston in 2019 slammed past the end of the dugout. So 100-mile-an-hour balls are crushing things past the end of the dugouts. So today in the minor leagues, at least 42 out of nearly 100 ballparks are connected to, that's more than 40%, still have deplorable, horrible conditions. Children are not, it's been, it was said in a court in, 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 in Georgia, a little child got slammed that the child's case can proceed because baseball's covering their behind. There's a thing called the baseball rules. So if you get hurt or killed, they're not responsible for your bill. But they're also now saying, at least suggesting in some courts, that the child's case can proceed because a six-year-old can't make the call of assumed risk. They're not old enough to decide for themselves whether they should be there or not. Now, if adults want to go run with the bulls in Spain or Mexico, I doubt they're allowed to bring their kid. Same thing with like a baseball game. Adults should not be having the discretion to bring their little child to a game. In Japan, they have a thing called the excitement seats, if you guys have heard of where they actually let the adults flirt with danger and death. And they provide you a glove and a helmet to sit there and deal with those speeding balls. I doubt you're allowed to bring your kids. Um, same thing with the seatbelt rule, maybe in Japan, but certainly in America, where they said to us back in the 1970s, I think, parents, sorry, you don't have the discretion anymore to let your kids roll around the back seat. They need to be belted. And that should be the same thing with baseball games, that if adults want to go deal with 100-mile-an-hour balls, that's your business. But you can't bring your kid. So, you know, I'm trying to get things going. Public policy costs a lot of money. You got a lobby. You got a schmooze. I don't got that kind of money. But I do believe I'm onto something. And I'm discovering thousands of reported injuries to first aid stations at major league games from 2012 to 2019. And it comes out to almost 5,000 overall. Now I'm not saying all those 5,000 people lost their eyes, you know, had concussions, but how many did I know like five or six people personally, maybe there was a hundred of them. Maybe there was 70 of them. Maybe there was 200. I don't have to inflate the numbers. Yeah, Jordan, how did you get involved in this? Just being a baseball fan saying, what is going on here? I'm a baseball fan. I know this. And I've observed a couple of close calls as my, you know, experiences have led me to. And I was like, it's time to do something about this. 
And certainly after that little girl, two-year-old girl in Houston in 2019, you know, had a, a life-changing experience, I thought it was time. It was long overdue to do an investigation. As I've been looking for that investigative reporter to really write that strong piece, it turns out I'm that investigative reporter. And it's okay. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot of media. I had a publicist from November till June of 2021, so around eight months. And I was in People Magazine and Los Angeles Times and LA Daily News and Forbes Magazine and Boston Globe. Great. Jordan Scott, Foul Ball Safety Now mentioned in all of those articles, but it still really hasn't moved the needle. So I'm going to have to keep on writing, which I'm doing, and I'm compiling information and testimonials for the book. And the book will remain probably the undisputed narrative because nobody wants to debate me. They don't want to talk about their own role in this. There's baseball players that are living a double standard, broadcasters that are living a double standard, baseball writers. And these guys are journalists. They don't want to really rock the boat. So that's the story on that. Yeah. Um, any questions about any of that? I can keep going. Yeah, sorry, I was I was muted. I, I apologize for that. Um, I wanted to ask you what can our what can our listeners do to help you out? What can where can they go? How can they help? Yeah, man. I mean, go to foulballsafetynow.com. You'll see, I rented out airplanes, two airplanes I rented out, one in Peoria in June and one over the Field of Dreams game in August. They staged this fantasy game with Kevin Costner. You guys seen the movie. Oh, yeah, sure. So they, they made this new stadium in Iowa and it was a fantasy. And I flew a plane over the area the day of the game that said Field of Screams, not Field of Dreams, Field of Screams. <laughs> yes. And I'm hoping, you know, somebody who, who's got some deep pockets wants to join me or get to know me, and then we can make some statements together. But the regular listener, if you just go to foulballsafetynow.com, you can sign two petitions, and that would really be appreciative. One is to repeal the baseball rule, because mm -hmm. that, that would make it, um, that would open up the door for... Uh, lawsuits and things like that and that would put nets up in in you know in the second and all the other one is also the other petition is to put up nets and what america needs now is an independent netting council independent of baseball telling us how hard how high how far how wide the nets need to be Okay, so let me ask you the question. What's the resistance? Why, why are they saying they're not going to do it? What, what's, their, what's their point? I mean, to me as a human being, I, wanna, I don't want anyone else to get hurt. I don't want to see children getting hurt, of course. I'm, I'm a normal human being. What's the resistance to your, to your uh, cause? It's the romance. It's the wholesome experience that baseball still wants to project. There was a boy that died in 1970. And that was the time that baseball should have been honest with us and told their season ticket holders, who were their primary customers, guys, we got to level with you. It's not a matter of if something gets crushed, it's when. And we just found out Alan died. And we have to say enough is enough. 
And where were the regulatory agencies? It's 51 years later and they still haven't gotten the memo. Because if they did get the memo, they would have said to us 50 years ago, wait a second, kids are getting killed or every day somebody's getting close to being killed. This is Mm -hmm. not allowed. Adults, you want to be crazy and flirt with danger and death? Go ahead, sign some sort of mutual consent. Like you go run with the bulls, but you can't bring your kid. Come on. The kids should have been bitten all along. That's just my story. But some baseball teams are actually kind of taking the effort to do something, like the White Sox. I think the White Sox, they extended their nets from, um, I think it's like, what, 150 yards on both sides, the left side and the right side? Yeah. You know, and some reporters said to me, hey, Jordan, you know, people are extending nets and, you know, this, that and the other. The only way we'll know if those 30 ballparks or 120 minor league ballparks are safe is if there's an independent netting council of architects and engineers free of Major League Baseball, independent. They come in, they'll tell us they know how fast the balls go in what direction. They'll tell us how high, how far, how wide the nets need to be. It's above our pay grade, guys. It's mm-hmm. those guys to say to Major League Baseball, we're coming in. It's been too long. We should have been here 50 years ago. We're coming in and we're telling you this is where the nets go. All right. <laughs> hey, I'm in. I'm trying to take on some billionaires and it's all cool because uh, they don't want to get into this discussion with us. But I hope the book and discussions like this will force them to take a position. Okay, one last question. Are you talking to any politicians? Have you have you taken it to that level yeah. yet? Uh who who's yeah. on your team? Who who do we no, who do no we need to support? On, no one's on my team. They're playing they're playing kickball with each other or volleyball. It's not it's tokenism. It's nothing. It's uh, there's no there's no there was a there's a senator in uh, in Illinois, his name is Dick Durbin, and he had conversations and communications with Manford, who's the commissioner of baseball, who represents the owners in 2019, saying supply the data where the where the safest places are for fans to sit, transparency, and then 2021 rolls around, and they had another conversation, and I'm saying, well, what what happened? Two years? Where's the where's all the data that you asked MLB to supply? And it was like, oh, whatever. You can read the articles, New York Times, 2019, Commissioner Manford, Senator Dick Durbin. Strong stuff, but empty, emptiness, nothing. So we need an independent politician that's going to adapt a, a, you know, a, a, a suggestion to, to, to make this a law and make this uh, repeal the baseball rule, get the nets up, and bring, bring integrity to baseball. Baseball never had integrity because if they knew and they did, and a judge in Illinois is allowing to, a case to go forward, she's suggesting this thing called willful and wanton, willful want on. It's implying that baseball knew they did not put the nets up high or far or wide enough. And mm-hmm. they made a decision not to go all the way where they should have. And that's really significant. So that's a case, the Eddie Rybarski case right now in Chicago. Speaking of White Sox ballpark, he was slammed at a White Sox game in 2018. Now, nice. since the White Sox made some baby steps or some half measures, 
But the only way we'll know is if it's an independent netting council. How high, how far, how wide. This is where the kids can sit. This is where they can. This is where we can finally have a first-time discussion about it and what's appropriate and what's not. That's it. Baseball's not capable of doing it, and they haven't. You know, I, I think maybe a good idea would be to approach the baseball players themselves at all levels, uh, major leagues, minor leagues, because the thing is, a lot of baseball players, especially the older guys, have families and they have kids, right? And the thing is, the last thing they want to do is hurt a kid. I mean, when you're a parent, you you want all the kids to be safe, especially you want more and more kids to be involved in your sports, right? So maybe they would be the ones to approach because, I mean, if all the baseball players want something, I mean, they can get it, you know, because if there's a baseball player strike, there's no baseball, right? Well, supposedly they negotiated for nets four times, but that's that's hogwash. Let me tell you why. Because it's like baseball players saying, we want nets. We want to protect the fans. So mm-hmm. it's like saying if you if you have a, if you built a stadium and you had bricks, we want cement to reinforce the bricks so they don't fall on people. Sorry, you can't get it. So what do they do? They go back to work and the bricks keep raining down on people. What does that mean? So they negotiate. They're still going back to a situation that can hurt somebody. Would a, would a, would a union allow their members to lay bricks or would the, would the rank and file allow their members to go to work knowing that the the bricks were innocent were insufficient and they weren't fastened appropriately so i don't i don't buy it and players you know the minor leaguers they have no union i so i don't blame them they're they're all 5000 minor leaguers looking for 700 jobs most of them their journey will stop their dream will end but they want to be major leaguers their their families know where to sit but those minor league cities that I'm mentioning, those fans don't they realize it. Their families know. The, the, play, the, the minor league players who are in the middle of trying to achieve their dream, they know. Their families know. It's a double standard. They're not getting on the public address saying, you guys are crazy. You should be sitting with my parents. They don't do that. They'll, they'll get in trouble. They'll be like whistleblowers. And how about the players that have come before them that are now major leaguers who are making millions of dollars, they know what the next generation today is going through. Why aren't they finally making it safer for the minor league community and and their fans? So it's a double standard. I don't buy it. They should be putting their foot down. You you just don't go. You don't don't work if you're going to be hurting people. You wouldn't go to work if you were a bricklayer knowing that the bricks were coming down. Mm -hmm. Your rank and file wouldn't allow it. There's been no rank and file position from the players, from the broadcasters, and from the baseball writers. They all should be collectively saying, no, 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 no more of this. And this has been going on for 100 years, certainly since 1970, when Alan Fisher died and Linda Goldman died in 2018 from a 93-mile-an-hour ball, 79-year-old woman. Yeah, Yeah. that was behind home plate. It wasn't just Mm. down she was behind home plate. It took a year for the Dodgers to elevate the Nets, but a year it didn't take two days. That's like getting hit by a cannonball, isn't it? Hey, she died a few days later, Mrs. Goldblum. Irwin's been to seven of my press conferences this year. He's a nice man. Yeah. 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 
So we cannot patrol, we cannot police ourselves. MLB has no integrity. All owners should be forced to sell the team. There should be a changing of the guard because they had advanced knowledge of these injuries. They did not give out injury reports to their season ticket holders every year. They did not prohibit children from coming. They weren't honest about, hey, adults, you want to go flirt with death and danger? That's one thing. But they didn't spell it out that way. They put it in a little microprint, which nobody will ever see. It's a sneaky way of protecting their behind from foul, from, from, uh, Oh, assuming getting people's assumed uh, heightening people's awareness to the issue. Sneaky way. They ever put that micro print up on the scoreboard. Every family would be like, oh, is that what that little micro print says? Why are we here with our families? No kidding. It would tell you like, oh, oh, how often do these injuries occur? MLB knows. They don't tell us. Well, I want to tell you. Well, amen, dude. I mean, preach on, preach on, dude. I think that's you're doing like you're doing God's work, man. And uh, I'm just following through, man. I want to take on some billionaires, man. They do not deserve to own the teams. It's time for changing the guard. You got to go, billionaires. Sell it to some other billionaires, and then maybe they'll actually have respect for the fans because there's been no respect and no dignity for the fans. Well, Jordan, we appreciate you coming on the show today, and you've given us a lot to think about. Faders, if you care about this uh, this issue, and why wouldn't you care about it? Kids' lives are in danger. People are getting hurt for no reason. Go to foulballsafetynow.com and sign Jordan's petition. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Facebook. Follow him wherever he is on social media. And share this information with your friends and get them to go to his website and sign his uh, petitions. We can all do our part to help out. Thank you, Jordan, for coming on the show today, man. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. Thank you again. Fantastic. Well, on that note, faders, we are going to take a little break. So enjoy our sponsors. And when we come back, we've got the local news. All right. Peace. Hey, yo, what's up, faders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Prepa. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete. At Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there!
Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each and they're worth so much more. These are, these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool, that's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilled Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you <laughs> and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right. Over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously, got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five-minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. If you're going to get your fade on, you got to get your fade on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade. And I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade. Badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing. It comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your fade on in style. Proper. Tokyo and craving soul food? We've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azubujuban. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. And we are back. Yeah. Oh, faders, welcome back to the second part of the show. In this part of the show, yours truly and Jeremy is going to read the weekly bazaar in Twisted News. All right. um, Jeremy, the first story takes place in a little area called Fukuoka, where you reside. So why don't you take this first story? All right. We, uh, I can do that. We like to party down here. Check this out. 
The headline starts with man steals police car after being left alone in the back seat. Of course he does. Fukuoka Prefectural Fukuro Police have arrested a 51-year-old unemployed man on suspicion of stealing a police patrol car. Woo! According to police, the incident occurred on October 14th, Kyoto News reported. The man, Kazunari Amimoto from Yamaguchi Prefecture, had driven his van along the Kyushu Expressway, which goes right by my house, in uh, Miami, Fukuoka Prefecture, when he ran out of gasoline around 4 a.m. Amamito got out of his van and began to walk. Another motorist called 110, which is 911 here in Japan, to report a man was walking along the expressway. An unmarked Kumoto police prefectural patrol car, ah, Jesus Christ, try to say that fast <laughs> 10 times in a row. Yeah, stopped him, and the officers asked him to get in the back seat and wait. The two officers left Amimoto san alone in the car with the engine running and the red lights were rotating uh, when they. Uh, they got out to keep the traffic moving. Amimoto then got into the driver's seat and drove off. After 20 kilometers, he stopped. He he was stopped by a police car in Kita Ward, which is not too far from here. Uh, Kuomoto. Uh, nobody was injured in the incident. Kuomoto, uh, Amimoto is quoted as by the police as saying, uh, "I just wanted to go home." <laughs> so it's like he pulled a GTA on these motherfuckers, man. He's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna take the police car. Fuck them." Yeah, exactly. I ain't got time to play around with you guys. <laughs> you know, um, this right here, I think, you know, speaking of GTA, this is called SPGTA. And SPGTA is sleep playing Grand Theft Auto. It's for you <laughs> Grand Theft Auto so much where when you're given the opportunity, you live the, 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 the game. You know, I mean, if you're like in the backseat of a cop car, you're like, fuck this. And then you take the cop car and you, you drive away. And this is actually a really, really big problem in some parts of the world, uh, particularly in Florida and in Poland. It's an epidemic in Poland. But um, yeah, yeah. So be careful if you play Grand Theft Auto too much because you might get in trouble down the line. <laughs> you know, what's the weirdest thing to me is like uh, in the in the U.S. Huh? when I've uh, when I've uh, <clears throat> been in the back of police cars. The people inside the back of the police car cannot open the door to get out. It can only be opened to the outside by a police officer. But apparently, he's sitting in the back seat of the police car, and he can just open the door whenever he feels like it and just hop into the front seat and take off. How weird is that? That is pretty weird. Maybe he's got particularly long and skinny arms where he can just, like, stick his arm out through the window. Maybe the window was cracked, and then, like, stick it down and then actually open up the car door from the outside. Maybe he's got, like, the super long arms. Maybe he's like Gumby. <laughs> he's got circus music all around him wherever he goes. Dun, 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 da, 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 da. Watch me use these long arms to do incredible things. <laughs> all right. Next story. Uh, man arrested for stalking airline cabin attendant, a CA. This story took place in Tokyo. Uh, police in Tokyo have arrested a 40-year-old man on suspicion of stalking an airline cabin attendant. This is terrible. Uh, according to police, Motoyuki Yamanae, a company employee, has denied the charge Fuji TV reported. The cabin attendant, who's in her 30s, told police she first met Yamanae in the terminal at Haneda Airport in the autumn of 2018. She said he approached her and asked her where she worked. Well, isn't it obvious she's wearing like a uniform, right? <laughs> where do you work? Hey. Library. <laughs> <laughs> <Librarian>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the woman told police that Yamanai appeared outside her apartment in spring this year and asked her if there was a pharmacy nearby. Creepy. She no thought- shit. Yeah, right? Like, aren't you that guy that I saw at Haneda? What are you doing in uh, Chufu? Um, she thought it strange enough to report the incident to police, and they sent out occasional patrols to her residence, but Yamanai stayed away. Then in August and September of this year, the woman told police Yamanai showed up outside her apartment at least nine times and followed her for a while whenever she left her home. Okay, this is creepage upon major creepage. Man, and you know what the interesting thing is? It said that this guy is unemployed. Wouldn't it be funny? Wait, no, no, no. It didn't say he's unemployed. It said that he's a company employee. He's a company employee. He could work for anybody. He could be the pilot of an airplane. Imagine if he's the pilot and she's the cabin attendant. Could you imagine, like, if he was flying the plane and he looks back, he's like, oh, man, there's tobacco. And he probably, like, he would say something like this. He'd, like, pull up the microphone. He'd be like, good afternoon. It's 415 Pacific Standard Time. The temperature in Tokyo is about 22 degrees centigrade. If you look off to the left, you can just make out Mount Fuji. And, um, Cabin attendant Tomoko, please come up to the cockpit. The captain needs refreshments. Uh, right away, stat. You know what I mean? Come on, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Everywhere she goes, man, this guy's popping out from behind a tree. Hi. Or like, you know, just like falling out, you know, like coming down on a spider web in front of her and like, what? what is this guy's problem? You can't take a fucking hint. And obviously, Captain obviously doesn't understand that. All flight attendants in the airport are wearing uniforms. So why is he asking her where she worked? What an asshole. What an asshole. Yeah. Captain Creepage. That's this guy's name. All right. Next story. All right. Man arrested for forcing his pet cat to swim. Talk about an asshole. Mm. Cats don't like water. Everyone knows that. Fish too. uh, Okay. Fish love water. Fish are, you know, they're, they're adapted to be around water. Okay. Not the wrong pet. Yeah. A 59-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of abusing his pet cat by forcing it to swim in a bathtub. Police in Aichi Prefecture said on Wednesday, how the fuck did they know that? Oh, okay, here's how. The unemployed man had posted a photo and a video of the kitten being forced to swim on social media. Hmm, intelligent. Uh, The police said... Uh, that uh, he obviously had like TikTok or something, and he was like one of the worst of all time influencers. TikTok sucks. So anyhow, the video, yeah, the guy sucks, man. He's abusing animals. So um, the video showed the kitten swimming for about one minute and twenty nine seconds because cats usually don't like water. The man act, but but the man acted like it was like so funny or something like that. But back in June, uh, he he's considered to. He was considered by police to have violated the animal protection uh, laws. And uh, according to investigators, uh, um, he has denied everything that that they're accusing him with. But fuck, bro. It's on video, man. And he's an asshole for fucking abusing animals. Yep. Yep. Uh, the, the, The investigation was launched after the person who saw the man's video reported them to the IEG police department in October. Fuck this dude, man. I can't stand people who hurt kids or fucking abuse animals. Yeah, yeah. Never abuse cats. Never abuse animals. Never abuse kids. Um, yeah. There's even a movie that's on Netflix called "Don't F with Cats." Oh my God. That, have you seen that? Have you seen that documentary? Yeah. Oh. Wow. The F is for fuck. Oh yeah, but the the wrong yeah. kind of, the wrong kind of F. Well, all Fs in this yeah. case are bad. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah you, with cats. <laughs> oh, did you know? Did you know that chickens die after they fuck? 
chickens? No, well, the one I fucked did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, next story. Woo! Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. Is it my turn? All right, man. Next story, next story. Oh, shit. Okay, I guess it is my turn. Oh, man. Booze is going straight to my head. Um, How to stop <laughs> your umbrella from getting stolen in Japan. Um, You know what? I've never had an umbrella stolen, but I've left umbrella umbrellas on trains, at convenience stores, at people's houses. I've, oh, I've lost shit. Of umbrellas. I, I, I Actually, I found your umbrella. Is it white? Does it have a white handle and is it made of clear plastic? I think I might have found it. You're a racist. No, no, no. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> oh, geez. No, no. All the umbrellas look the same. So uh, that's kind of a weird thing because if you do take an umbrella to uh, a supermarket or a 7-Eleven or something, you put it like with all the other white ones, obviously yours is going to get stolen because nobody can tell the difference between A and B unless you read this article. Um, How to stop your umbrella from getting stolen in Japan despite being a relatively safe country where Wait, there shouldn't be an A there, despite being... Okay, whatever. Um, Where big-ticket items like laptops and phones can be left unattended, uh, not nicking what's not yours doesn't seem to count in Japan when it comes to cheap umbrellas. Okay, so basically, you know, things don't get stolen unless it's an umbrella. Japan used to have a bicycle problem back in the day. When I first came here, people would steal bicycles Huge problem. all the time. Yeah. Not, not so much. Um. Over the years, we've seen a lot of clever tips from people who've come up with special techniques to keep their umbrellas safe when leaving them in designated racks outside stores and businesses. It's common practice to leave your wet umbrella outside a store that don't offer plastic sheaths in Japan. Okay, um, da, 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 da. that's right. Okay, now Twitter user at Mopa22 is here with a new hack that's so smart, you just it just might work at any time of the year. Okay, whoever wrote this needs to take a writing class. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, I don't know, man. Am I reading this wrong or am I too faded? Maybe a combination of the both. Um, That's right. All you need to do is stuff a crumpled up tissue in between the handle and the edge of the canopy. Uh, the tissue is clean and unused, of course, but only you know that because others look like others look at it like someone's blown their nose with it. Okay, cool. I'm not reading any more of that story. But yeah, that's, that's actually pretty much a good idea. If you got an umbrella that looks exactly like all the umbrellas and you don't want somebody to steal your umbrella, you just got to take a tissue and just like stick it in there when it's all folded up and stuff. So when somebody sees the umbrella, they're like, oh, gross. That's nasty. That's like a cum rag. Ew. Ew. I don't want umbrella. So I think no one wants a, anybody else's cum rag. Yeah, nobody wants that. Oh, mm. man. <clears throat> well, actually, some of the people that have been busted in our stories over the years probably do want that. So some of those the are guy making the cat swim probably wants it. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But it's a pretty good idea. You know, I mean, all you got to do is walk around with a bunch of tissues or something, you know. So another another thing you can do is you can fill up your um, umbrella with glitter. So whoever whoever gets your umbrella opens it and a, a ton of glitter falls down on their head and they're and they're already wet because they don't have their own umbrella so now all this glitter is sticking to them. Oh my god, glitter bomb! That is oh wait a second. But then when you take your umbrella, the same thing's gonna happen to you. I mean, if you're cool with it, it's all good. You're like, dude, I'm going to the club. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's a good point. But you you can also just like uh, have an extra umbrella that you have to just uh, you know. Let 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 it take one for the team. Just put an umbrella filled with glitter into into that little uh, 
stand outside of 7-Eleven and somebody with no ethics is going to take that umbrella, open it up and all over their head. They're going to get all all that glitter. Glitter bomb. Oh, man. That guy's got to go back to the office. (laughs) (laughs) Covered in shiny glitter. Mr. Saito, where were you? Were you at the club again? No, I wasn't at the club. Uh, yeah, I was at the club, and then I went to 7-Eleven. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. Oh, God. Well, um, Faders, we went through that news very quickly because Jeremy has to go somewhere special, and we're going to talk about that special place where Jeremy's got to go to next time. Big news is in the works, Faders. And also, next time we have the show, we are going to do the raffle. Oh, man, we keep on forgetting to do the raffle because we're faded. Hey, the show's called Got Faded Japan, and <laughs> guilty as charged, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, Jeremy, what can the Faders do to support the show or join the raffle? Okay, the, what they can do is they can join us on Patreon. If you become a member of Patreon, it's just $5 a month. $5 a month. What, what do you spend $5 a month on, man? You, It's 500 yen, basically. You can you can just spend that without even thinking about it. But you can also help support the show. Yep. If you don't have any money to spend, we don't hate you. We understand. Times are tough. But what you can do to help us if you don't have any money is share the motherfucking show to your friends. Introduce people who are interested in animation, who are interested in two drunk assholes talking on the internet, who are interested in news, who are interested in comedy. Just share a link of the show with somebody. Share it on your Facebook. Share it on your Instagram. Go on to TikTok and follow us. You know what? There's so many things that you can do, and it doesn't cost you a penny, but it helps us out, and we really appreciate it, folks. And that is what you can do to help us. Johnny. Yes, sir. Take it away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I guess you pretty much carpeted everything. Let's see. Uh, we've got uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Uh, I've got NFTs. If you want to buy an NFT, I've got limited edition NFTs. That's going to be in the show notes. And also on, on a side note, definitely go to foulballsafetynow.com. And that's also going to be the show notes right down there. Click on that. And all you got to do is just sign up. You just write your name. That's all. And, and you're going to support safety and there's nothing more important than safety especially for i mean you guys and us and our kids and 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 everybody around the world that loves to play baseball and stuff you know so support jordan and his cause and um i think it's a really cool thing to do i mean baseball is a great sport i mean i like baseball i played baseball in junior high school i was a shortstop was i good no but i like the game still like the tigers and um yeah on that note yeah we'll see you next week with our big big news nfts <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> all right peace go fuck yourselves my own brother a goddamn shit sucking vampire oh you wait till mom finds out buddy i've got a government job to abuse and lonely wife to fuck as far back as i can remember i always wanted to be a gangster God, the pressure i can't take it i can't take it I can't stand to it. <laughs> you sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass. Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is a fucked up repugnant shit. Suicide, it's a suicide. Eh, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.